And welcome back, everyone, to Smart Women Connect with me, Sarah, and Virginia. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about um, exercise and diet, predominantly diet, and how we have to adapt that over the years. So, you know, what worked for you in your 20s, for example, is not necessarily going to work for you in your 40s and beyond. And it is something that we have to continually adapt as we go. Certainly, I have done that. You know, I, I was one of those very lucky, fortunate um, people who everyone hated when I was younger, who I could eat pretty much anything. I mean, I did exercise a lot because I danced, but um, I, it didn't stick on me. I could eat pretty much anything. I absolutely cannot do that now. <laughs> and the exercise I do now is also very, very different. Um, but Virginia, I think you, was, you were saying just before we came on live that you've gone through a similar process as well throughout your life. Do you want to yeah. share? What that's yeah, yeah. Been like I think that's a really f- funny thing about it. It's just like for me now to be to be do- doing the same kind of thing as you, to be helping people with fitness and exercise and so forth. I have so noticed my body change over the year, and notice as well how my body reacts. Um, take take sleep for example. If I don't get enough sleep now, for what my light is going kind of funny on me this morning, if I am, um, if I um, don't sleep enough, for example, I actually notice my belly being a bit swollen, so mm. I can feel a little bit of belly. I mean, it's, it's the cortisol levels, isn't it? But I notice a little bit of belly there now that I wouldn't in the past. And if I go then and I take a couple of nights of good sleep then I notice that that starts to go. But I think I started to notice it. And it's really funny because I think there is something about that 37, 38, 39 mm. kind of mark where a woman's body really does start to change as you're starting to get into that perimenopausal place. Mm. So when I was younger, I, would, I was just like you. I would have eaten anything. I did have a period of time where I did gain an awful lot of weight, but I think that was circumstances. But other than that, I would pretty much eat what I wanted. I felt fat. I, don't, I always would battle with that, which I think was a lot to do with the fact that I was continually watching my mum going through one diet after another. Um, mm, same. <laughs> it, no, it was I think was that was awful. the thing then for that generation, though. I think... That was the thing, wasn't it? It was, which diet are you on? Which one are you trying this week? My mum was trying different diets all the time, all the time. It didn't impact my self-image, but I was very acutely aware of a diet being a thing that you did when you were older. Um, Yeah, uh, I never then did, but... Yeah, it was I did. I did. I messed yeah. around with it all as my mum was. My mum was going through this. I've always been a muscular woman, so and mm. I, I still am. A, I still am a muscular woman. Um, Lucky you. Well, I know, but that wasn't how I looked at it back then. When you had people mm. like Cher and Cindy Crawford, and for a lot of the young girls now, when they've got the supermodels. Um, or they've got these um, reality TV stars who've got absolutely no waste and enormous backsides. Mm. Um, so, I, I mean, I, back then for me, it was Cindy Crawford, it was sharing those videos. 
I was never going to look like that. I was always told I had legs that would put a footballer to shame because they were so muscular. Mm. Um, so I was always trying to battle with that. Things like the thigh master, for example, spending hours on the thigh master, spending hours doing share state videos. And it just ended up having the opposite effect in me because I ended up more muscular. So mm-hmm. I still didn't have these undefined stick thin legs that you saw in people like Cindy Crawford. Um, but I mean, I think the point is, irrespective of those kind of battles, which I think were just head games from mums teaching us really, really poor habits. I did get to a place where I just stopped doing all of the diets and I started listening to my body. And I think what I've found now is I've gone into my, as I'm in my 40s and heading towards my 50s, it is a continual case of listening to your body. What works for you in one five-year period might not work for you in the next. In fact, what works for you in a six-month period might not work for you in the next. And I think if people could become much more flexible, much more open to adapting, they wouldn't have the struggles with self-image that so many women have nowadays. Yeah, does, I agree. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, totally. And I think, I forget the quote now, I read it um, just yesterday, you know, the, the sort of the survival of the fittest and it's, it's those people who adapt to change that have the better chance of survival, you know, out there in, in the natural world. We've got to adapt in order to survive. And I think sometimes as women, we get frustrated because we think, well, you know, I'm trying this and I've always done that and it's always been fine. And now why is it not working? And, oh, it's my hormones. And, and we, we blame our hormones and we blame, you know, lack of sleep and no time and having to race around everywhere. And we do need to take stock sometimes of actually where we are in our lives and our age. And I think we need to embrace those changes a little bit more. I think sometimes um, we're resistant to change Mm -hmm. because if we embrace it, we're fearful of, oh God, you know, that means I'm heading towards perimenopause and that inevitably means menopause and that's horrendous because you get hot flashes and you get night sweats and it's just, I don't want that to happen. I don't want to age and it's just, that's the end of everything, you know? Um, but I think the more prepared we can be for menopause, the, the easier it will be. And actually the transition will be a whole lot easier. So if any, you know, if people are out there and they're kind of, as you say, late thirties or early forties, and you're starting to head into that perimenopausal phase, the more that you can accept that change, the more that you can adapt to the change, the easier things will be going forwards. If we resist, then, you know, you are going to have that horrendous menopause because you're not ready for it and you're fearing it and you've not prepared yourself. Like with anything, you have to prepare yourself for it. And it's not the end of the world at all. It's just the beginning of a new beginning, isn't it? Um, Yeah, well, it is. It's the next stage. And and you can't, I mean, okay, maybe you can go and take HRT or whatever else and you can put it off, you can do whatever. The reality is you're going through a change. You're going to get to that stage in your life where unless um, the medical profession intervenes, you're past childbearing. And uh, personally, I wouldn't want to have a kid in my 50s. Um, that, I mean, I've certainly noticed my own, and I'm, I mean, I'm very fit, but I've also noticed my own energy levels changing. Oh, yeah. 
So <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a definitely, and, it, and it's funny how it works because like I got up this morning, for example, to go and do my workout, which would normally be a high intensity interval training workout. And I said to my husband, not doing this this morning. My body's not feeling it. So I worked out, but that wasn't what I did. I changed mm. it. I changed it. And I didn't give myself a hard time. I didn't think to myself, oh, I'm all of a sudden going to get really fat and I'm going to get so unfit. I just listened to my body. My body said, you had a tough day training yesterday. You also had a whole pile of other things to do. Your body says this morning, you're not going to go out there and beat it up. So you're just going to go out, you're going to go for a brisk walk for a half an hour, you'll do a little bit of stretching. If you feel like it in the afternoon, you might do some weights. But other than that, you're just going to 100% listen to your body. If you can get to that place of listening to your body and just taking control of your own self, you'll be mm. so much happier and so much more content and not so inclined to stand in front of the mirror and say, woe is me, I'm getting older, getting fat, I'm so ugly, etc., etc." Mm. So I'm, I'm doing a lot more of that now. I'm doing a lot more of listening to my body, listening to what my body says and looking at my body's shape. Mm-hmm. Because I'm finding that my diet is, my diet's definitely changing as well as I'm getting older too yeah yeah mine is I've I mean I had to adapt years ago anyway I had as a child I had really bad stomach problems I was just always stomach pain um you know all manner of problems different foods didn't agree with me and it was only about seven or eight years ago where I actually, having seen dietitians and, you know, everybody, um, that I decided to take matters into my own hand and get tested. And I, it w- I discovered I was highly intolerant to cow dairy. I was intolerant to gluten because I'd been feeding myself the wrong things for a long period of time. And my body was reacting so badly to it. Um, but armed with that knowledge... I I then spent between 12 and 18 months completely pulling out of my diet any cow dairy, any gluten. And I did that, I have to say, with the help of a nutritional therapist. I didn't just try and do it myself. Um, But along the way, learned a tremendous amount about my body, but also about nutrition and the issues that people go through. So I've never been on a a diet as such. It depends how you're describing a diet, but you know, one of the well-known diets, I've never followed, you know, no carbs, no this, no that. It's never been restrictive in that sense. It was that I had to remove certain items from my diet in order for my system to kind of reset. And now I can have those things in my diet, but I don't have a lot of them. Um, now that I'm perimenopausal, I'm 43 this month and I am definitely headed down that road. <laughs> um, and I've started to do a lot more research about that, listening to people talk about it themselves. Um, I, I don't eat that much red meat anyway, um, but I was eating a lot of chicken and other animal protein. And I've recently, the last two to three weeks, just been really focusing on getting more plants into my diet. So headed, you know, further over that way because there's so many benefits of doing that. So I have gone, you know, through this journey and, and that's not, interestingly, I've never changed what I'm eating 
because of the way I look. I've changed the way I'm eating because of the way I'm feeling. I'm either in discomfort or my energy levels are low. Um, And, you know, I've been lucky because I've moved all my life. So I've never really been in a situation where I felt hugely unhappy with the way I look. Um, But that's because I've moved and burnt those calories anyway. But it's, yeah, now for me, changing that diet again, of course, because I move a lot, I need to ensure I'm getting enough protein. So it's it's a continuing process of, as you say, listening to your body, you know, on days where I'm feeling a bit lethargic, I need to focus on eating the right foods to, to lift me out of that. I'm not going to say I'm not working out today because I feel lethargic because I know when I've done the workout, I will feel full of energy. Yeah. So listening to your body in the sense that, you know, if you think you're going to injure yourself because it's so fatigued from already working out is, is sensible and is one thing. Listening to your body and, and thinking I feel lethargic and, and sedentary and you know, I just, my mood is low. That is the time to exercise. That is the time to get out. As you say, go for a walk, be in nature, get some fresh air, make a plan um, and start moving more and eating well. But we do absolutely have to adapt to that. And I keep, think to yeah. be able to adapt though, you have to also be listening to your body and where your mm. body's at. Um, so If I look at myself, for example, I used to have tons of dairy, but now I won't even touch dairy because um, I've noticed now that if I have the dairy, I really begin to notice discomfort in my belly. I wasn't allergic to dairy when I was younger. I don't remember ever, um, ever eating yogurt or drinking milk and feeling uncomfortable within myself. But as I've gotten older, I've definitely developed um, an intolerance to it. So now I just won't have dairy anymore. There was nothing I liked more than to come home and have a cup of tea and put milk in the tea. Now I will drink my tea black or I'll have herbal tea, but I won't put the milk in there because it affects me. Um, When I've been training and I've been high protein, there was a couple of pots of plain Greek yogurt going into my diet um, on a daily basis. Now there's no, now there's no diet at all. Mm. Um, I decided at one point in time to try the paleo diet and I couldn't understand what was going on. The paleo diet is very high in the, very high in fats and you'll find that loads of people on the paleo diet are eating, well, I think it's quite funny actually, sorry paleo diet followers, but it astounds me how so many people want to share paleo desserts you know, let's find an alternative form of sugar. Let's find a healthy sugar and a healthy diet, uh, a healthy dessert. When in reality, you're ending up with a whole ton of extra fat, extra calories and tons of bloody nuts. And I could not work out what was going on with my guts as I was eating all of this almond flour. Basically, I was struggling to digest it. And what I ended up having to do was take digestive enzymes to help with it. So now <laughs> I just don't do it. Now I've just cut, I've cut right back on the amount of nuts that I eat. But I didn't have that issue right at the very start. But as it went on, I began to notice that there was definitely a, a lack of tolerance there as well. Mm, it builds up in your system, doesn't it? But, you know, I don't subscribe 
to diets. I never really have done. I, I wonder whether that's because my mum just put me off because from where I was sitting, none of it worked. She never got, you know, she never stuck to any one thing and felt happy. Um, it wasn't like I found the one thing, it works, it's healthy, I feel alive, I feel energized, I'm sticking with it. I never saw that. Yep. Um, so for me, it's all, it all has to be a question of balance and providing, you know, you're eating your whole grains, you're getting the right protein and you're eating a huge variety of fruit and vegetables, then... <laughs> you know, you can't really go wrong. You, you don't need to be so restrictive um, with what you're eating. But same applies with, with um, exercise, of course. So once yeah. upon a time where you might, you know, be going out for a run and working out for an hour at a time, several times a week. I mean, putting aside the fact that generally speaking, women around our age don't necessarily have the time to do that. Um, it's, it, it can be counterproductive to do it as well. Um, because if you're, you know, your hormone levels are changing, your estrogen, progesterone are dropping, your metabolism drops, um, then putting yourself through a longer hit workout or a longer run isn't necessarily helping because that can stress the body even more, raise the cortisol levels and lo and behold, you're retaining weight around your midsection. Um, long runs, um, and you know, training really hard and, and doing all those cardio things can also actually affect your testosterone levels which can make you feel lethargic and you, you know, your muscle mass drops. And so it's quite a delicate balance with the hormones. Uh, I think when you're in that perimenopausal menopausal state. So we do have to focus a little bit more on the strength training, um, making sure that we're building the muscle mass. Um, yes, you do need cardio somewhere in there for your heart health, but it's got to be a good balance and it's got to be come from a place of understanding where your body is in that process of adapting. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. But you know, you said that it was quite interesting there that you, you said about the strength training. If you're going to the gym and you're coming out of the gym or you're coming out of a workout and you're exhausted, it's not a good place to be. It's no. not a good place to be. And I'll hear this all the time. Oh, I've been for a workout. I see it. I see it in front of me all the time. And I find it difficult not to make comments, but I don't want to be this self-righteous moo cow. So I just won't <laughs> say things. But, you know, I want to stand and say, well, you know, look at me. And I only worked out for 25 minutes today. But it was 25 minutes tough. I just didn't come out of the gym completely exhausted. I didn't compromise myself during the course of the workout. I went in and I went hard. I just managed to get it all done in 20 to 25 minutes. And mm -hmm. I, I see this with a lot of women as they're getting older as well. They're still in that younger person mentality, as we said earlier on. So I'll bump into them and they'll say, oh, I've just been to the gym and I'm exhausted. And I'll ask what they did. Oh, I did an hour's CrossFit workout. And I'll say, how long have you been doing that for? Oh, I've been doing it for about a year now. And I'm just looking at what's in front of me. I know that's really bad. But I'm just looking at what's in front of me. And I'm not seeing this specimen of fitness, vitality, and health. I'm seeing a sluggish, soft-to-the-touch individual, usually with a stooped, stooped back neck, bad posture, 
looking exhausted. Mm. And you want to say, look, you need to think outside of the box. You really do need to think outside of the box here. Ask yourself how you're feeling. Is this working for me? Mm. I think in fairness um, to those ladies that you're describing is we're not told any of this. You know, my mum wouldn't have been able to um, show that to me, be a, a role model to me as she was going through those phases so that I understood how this process works. And you don't get told by the GP. Women oh, no, they know nothing about fitness no, and nutrition. They, you, women don't often talk to each other about you know, actually I'm, I'm trying, you know, it's hard to admit I'm trying so hard and nothing's working. I hear that a lot. I'm trying really hard. I'm on this diet. I'm exercising. I've never exercised this much in my life and it's just getting worse or I'm not seeing any change. I'm just exhausted. And it's, you know, it's not their fault. It's not, it's not like they're making a choice to do that knowing that it's not going to work. And as you say, it's because you were once told in your 20s or 30s, this is what you need to do in order to get fit. And at that time, it worked. So all you know is to repeat that process. And you know, that might be when you're 40s and 50s and the children are a bit older, that's when you start to find the time again to commit to prioritizing your health and well-being. And you think, okay, well, I'll just go back to what I was doing before. And who is there telling you actually you know, well, you, you could be, Virginia. <laughs> um, who's there saying to you, actually, you know, this isn't necessarily going to work in the same way it did before because our bodies are changing dramatically for the good, you know, yeah. hooray, hooray for no periods one day. Um, but it is changing and we have to adapt to that. And so what you're currently doing, you, as you say, you shouldn't feel completely fatigued after a workout. Um, you I should feel like, energized. You should actually walk out of yeah. the gym feeling energized. Which is, that's what it is. It's some dolphins. Yeah. It's happy yeah. things, isn't it? Which is why a morning workout is so great because you feel great for the rest of the day. You really, really do. I mean, this morning I got up at six and I had planned to work out. I then had realized something had gone wrong in my business. So I then had to get on the laptop and save the issue, which I managed to do. Um, and by which point my son had got up, come down, was asking me to make a hat with him. Oh, nice. I don't know why, don't know why. Um, didn't do that, obviously. Um, then showered, got the children ready, went to school. And I thought, I am not starting my day until I've done this workout. I'm just not doing it because I'm going to be annoyed later on that I missed a whole day. And I'm not going to get that buzz. I'm not going to have that energized feeling for the rest of the day. So I went back and I did it you know, not at the planned time and had to juggle a few things around. But it is important, you know, to get that feeling of energy afterwards. And during the workout, you know, you push your body to a point where, you know, it, it hurts a little bit. But afterwards, you do get that rush of adrenaline and those feel-good hormones. And you do, those, they stay with you for the rest of the day. You shouldn't then just be feeling exhausted and, and wanting no, to have a lie down. Not. So... You know, I think 
for people that are out there who this resonates with and thinking, yeah, I am doing all that. I'm doing these CrossFit things for an hour and la 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 la, nothing's happening. I think basically what we're saying is when you're coming into your 40s, 50s and beyond that you need to focus a little bit more on strength training for perhaps 30 minutes, three times a week or something like that. And then build a little bit of cardio in there for the heart as well. And alongside that, we also need to be thinking about how to reduce stress levels. And so exercise, which you, you um, commented on a minute ago, doesn't necessarily mean sweating. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, completely going for it. Sometimes stretching. Two seconds. Having a stretch and relaxing and stretching the body out, relieving any points of tension in the body is also really, really important. And stretching is important if you're body weight training, because if you've got more range of movement in the body, you're less likely to get injured. But also when it then comes to your body weight training or if you're lifting weights, whatever you're doing, you've got more range of movement to move that muscle through. So, you know, you're going to get stronger quicker as well. So I think a nice balance of strength training, be that weightlifting, body weight training, whatever that is, a little bit of cardio in there that's not going to stress the body out too much. And a, a brisk walk will do that. Um, and well, that's what I did this morning. That was what yeah. I did. That's where my body was this morning. Now, I'll, be, I'll, I'll just say chances are I will pick up the weights later on today. Um, yeah. I, I know what you're saying about the mornings and what I'm going to say is yes if you're able to get out of bed in the morning and get it done in the morning absolutely do that but another good time in the day for me to work out is around about the two o'clock mark I've mm. always um, really enjoyed um, working out about two o'clock um, I find something that gets my heart rate up in the morning works really well and then mm. two o'clock picking up the weights but if you're going to weight train, um, you do want to be lifting a good amount of weight too. And it is important because another thing that you'll notice, and I've definitely noticed this, I'm naturally quite a muscular woman. I don't struggle to put on muscle. I never, ever have done. But I do notice that my muscle, um, my, my muscle density is definitely changing. So mm. if I'm not lifting weights consistently, I had a little period there where my exercise had to change for, a, for some health reasons. Um, I could not believe how quickly I noticed my muscles getting soft. Mm. Um, I've been training hard for the last five or six weeks now, and I'm definitely notice, noticing all of that definition coming back. So you do want to be focusing on this. Mm. And... When we were talking, Sarah said earlier on that she doesn't diet. I have tried just about every diet going, and I'm going to tell you why I've tried just about every diet going. Not because I've been dieting to lose weight. I can't sit there and say to you, I don't like this diet, I don't like that diet, and I don't like this unless I've tried it, unless I'm actually able to stand in front of you and say, here's the reasons I wouldn't do that diet. And there's one particular diet at the moment that is super popular um, and it's all out of packets. It's all out of packets and people get amazing results because they're encouraged to take all of these packets. Um, so you're following the diet per the packet foods. There is a massive calorie reduction. So this is very high in protein. It's not necessarily natural protein. It's very low in carbohydrates and ultimately very low in calories. 
people are encouraged not to work out for about the first two to four weeks of doing this diet because of the extent of the calorie deficit and the fact that they don't have any energy. I tried this diet and it was awful. The only thing that I could think about all of the time when I was going through this process was, I'm really hungry. I've got absolutely no energy. I need to find something that's going to give me energy fast. So all I was thinking about is what junk can I eat? Because it's junk that's going to give me that mm. quick amount of energy. And junk is not sustained energy. And I think that's, like for me, that's one of the things. These diets will all work. If you stick to them, they will all work. But what are they ultimately doing to your body? They well, they're not sustainable though, are no, they? No, absolutely it's not. not. You'll, get, you'll get a quick fix from those diets for a, a short period of time and then you simply cannot sustain it. I don't try any of these diets because if you said to me, you know, really drop your carbohydrates down, I would fall over in the middle of the day. I mean, I literally would have no energy and I'm just not prepared to even try it because I don't want to feel like that. And I couldn't do the job that I do without that energy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I just well, I've done it. I never do yeah, them for any brave. more than about a month. I'll try yeah. them for a month. Like I tried the paleo diet and mm. I followed a strict paleo plan. I've been put my body into a state of ketosis. Everyone's talking about the keto diet and how yeah. marvelous the keto diet is at the moment. I'm sorry, but I did not feel energized on that. Even the change in your body functions on the back of having so much fat in your body isn't nice. Mm-hmm. It is not something that worked for me at all. I mean, fair enough. I'm sure people will come out there and they'll say to me, oh, but it's fantastic. What I then want you to do is I then want you to turn around and say to me that you've been the same body body shape and virtually the same weight for the 30 years of your life that I have. And this is for this is someone who hasn't done all of these diets. Yes, I've had these little periods where I've tried them, but I've eaten what makes my body feel good for 30 years of my life now. I've adapted, but I eat normal food. I eat when I'm hungry, I eat a balanced diet, there's little bits of everything in there. Yes, I do eat um, red meat, but that's because I have a genetic issue with my blood, which requires me to have high blood levels. That is not something that I can go and get medically fixed. So Mm -hmm. I will have red meat, but then I go through periods where I don't have that and I just supplement with iron-rich foods. Mm. So I I supplement with chocolate. What supplement? (laughs) (laughs) but I'm going to you say chocolate I love chocolate too but I'm going to send you the link to a documentary on chocolate and chocolate the cocoa bean farming that will just have you horrified don't I don't want to watch it um (laughs) I eat dark chocolate and it's my yeah I like Cadbury's flakes I love dark chocolate too but I also love Cadbury's flakes I see a Cadbury flake would be a slippery slope for me I have to stick with the dark chocolate (laughs) 
But you see, there's anyway. the point. That's the point, though. I'm mm. I'm in a good place mentally, and I suffer from depression. So I know what how foods have an impact on my own mental state as well. Mm. So everything that I do from a dietary point of view is a case of how am I feeling today? Am I jumping out of bed full of energy? Am I mentally in a good place? Do I have stressful things going on in my life, but they're not overwhelming me? Do my clothes mm. feel good on me? Are they feeling tight today? Is it that time of the month? There are so many factors that you need to take into consideration. Mm. I think the point that both of us, are, that we're together we're making to you today, is you do not need to go on fad diets. You just don't need to do it. You just need to listen to your body. And you have to accept as well that as you get older, your body changes. The way that you move, the way that you exercise, the way that you approach your sleep, the amount of fluid that you have to consume, the kinds of food that you eat, everything will change as you get older. And the best thing to do is to be adaptable, to listen to that. And if you yeah. guys want help, I mean, both of us are quite happy to give you advice on this but life is so much easier if you're not yo-yoing from one diet to the mm. next one exercise regime to the next and you can actually work out in 20 minutes a day and mm. still be in good shape yeah but I, yeah I agree with you I think the key there is to adapt to accept you know because we start we can't stop the clock um, and we have to accept that our bodies are changing and adapt to that um, and you're putting yourself in the best possible position to feel good, to feel confident, to be energized, to be happy, and to be resilient for what life throws at us as well. Resilience is so important. So, yeah, adapting is key. And as you, you know, I'll echo what you say, which is, you know, we both help people do this. Um, so we're happy to answer any questions on that. So if anyone out there is listening and they want to ask us any questions about that or comment or share their experience with us, please do let us know. If you've got friends or family who you think this would be relevant to, then do share this episode with them. Um, but otherwise, we will see you back again next week on Smart Women Connect. Bye, guys. Bye.